You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. I have a few timely items I want to update this morning, but I really want to start off with what happened at Pearl River High School. Now, you might recall I touched on this issue on last week's show, and and on this Sunday, I want to take a much deeper dive. And just to recap, this occurred a couple of weeks ago at Pearl River High School in Rockland County when they were hosting a boys' varsity basketball game against Nyack High School. On at least three different occasions, when a black player from Nyack came to the free throw line, there were very audible monkey and ape noises coming from the crowd at Pearl River. The, uh, the video and audio of the incident that was posted on Twitter was very clear. In effect, this was racial taunting at its worst, and it's simply inexcusable. According to numerous media accounts, this was not the first time this kind of taunting had occurred at Pearl River. Apparently, similar monkey noises were made when the Pearl River boys basketball team played Suffern High School at the end of January. Now look, all of this is so, so wrong in so many ways. I don't even know where to begin, but I'm, I'm going to try. And friends, I'll take your calls and comments this morning on this as well. You know the number, 877-337-6666. This is the year 2022, and yet this stuff is still going on. Now, first of all, the basics of sportsmanship strongly suggest that when an opposing player goes to shoot a free throw, the fans in the crowd, including students and adults, should remain quiet and not in any way attempt to distract the player by making loud noises. But look, I'm not naive. I can see that this simple act of basic sportsmanship has gone by the boards over the years, Distracting noises are pretty much made at every college and high school games these days. Now, look, that doesn't make it right, but it certainly does happen. But when the next twist on this unsportsmanlike stuff takes on a racist tone, well, that's where the line needs to be drawn, and drawn right away. And that didn't happen at Pearl River High School. As I mentioned last week, This was a totally lost opportunity to teach high school kids about the hurtful legacy of racism. But instead, 
not one adult in the crowd rose to the occasion. And that includes not just the, the athletic administration from Pearl River, who were supposed to monitor and supervise the game to prevent this kind of thing from happening, but in addition, none of the coaches from either high school team did or say anything, nor did the referees working the game, nor did any of the parents say anything to stop this. Even worse, the taunting just kept going. This didn't happen once. It happened on three different occasions in the game as black players from Nyack High School went to the foul line, as though monkeying and ape sounds were perfectly acceptable. Now, as I said on last Sunday's show, I hold the adults who are in the gym to be just as accountable as the teenage students who did this. And just to be clear, I'm not in any way excusing the teenagers who made these awful sounds, but the reality is that teenagers are still kids. And like all teenagers, they often do and say stupid things. But... The grown-ups, well, they should know better. And yet they didn't do anything. So, and yet consider this. When the Pearl Board, uh, Pearl River uh, Board of Education, the school board, called for an open community meeting this past week, well, several parents spoke up and denied that this was racist, that it was no big deal, and that the entire incident was being overhyped and totally blown out of proportion. Now, look. Everybody in this country is entitled to their opinion. I get that. I understand that's one of the basics of, 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 of being an American citizen. But in this case, it's pretty hard to take a position that all of this was just overblown. That is, if the monkey and ape sounds weren't intended as being racist, well, why weren't they made when a white player from Nyack went to shoot a free throw? Okay, I want to talk about this, and more importantly, what should be done. Because as of right now, from what I understand, there's not much being done. It just sort of happened, and it's been discussed. And you keep hearing that uh, the, the folks at Pearl River are, are still investigating this. But right, frankly, this, I'm fearful that the moment has come and gone, and nothing is going to happen. 877-337-6666. I have to tell you, I made some calls about this incident. And according to my sources, no one has been held accountable yet. You know, Pearl River officials, as I said, are still trying to determine which people, including students, actually made the sounds. And apparently no one has come forward with names. And I gather none of the kids are going to basically snitch on each other. So the question is, what happens now? As for the supervisory staff whose job is to be at the game and to monitor behavior from, from the kids and p people on the stands, there too, it has not been made public as to whether anyone has been held accountable for this to happen. And that isn't right. And again, we're talking about adults here. We're talking about grown-ups. As for the referees working the game, well, of course, they do not work for the school. They are assigned uh, by the governing athletic body in New York State, uh, part of being Section 1. I'll have more on Section 1's response to all this in a few minutes. But to me, this would have been so perfect if someone, 
anyone had stopped the game when this stuff occurred, and either the offending individuals were removed from the gym immediately, or somebody had said something as to what's going on here. This can't be going on. But wait, <laughs> I have to tell you, there's more. Have to bear in mind this kind of behavior at sporting events isn't limited to just high school sports. There was also, which you may have heard about, there was a disturbing account this past week regarding a college women's lacrosse team having to endure similar kinds of verbal and racial abuse. Listen to this. Howard University and Presbyterian College officials are conducting an investigation after a group of students yelled threats and racial slurs at the Howard women's lacrosse team last week. The Howard team, which is uh, comprised all of people of color, was making it its way inside Presbyterian's Bailey Memorial Stadium, which is located in Clinton, South Carolina, when the team members of the Howard team were assaulted by what the Howard, Howard coach described as a group of white boys tailgating behind a gate. And again, Howard, if you're unaware, Howard is a historically black university located in Washington, D.C. Quote, our first steps onto the field, we were greeted with F. Howard. You're not welcome here. They said, we don't want you here. They told us to go home, according to the head coach of Howard, Karen Healy Silcott. She said the group also used several racial slurs and derogatory sexual terms, called out the players by name. They shouted, if it ain't white, it ain't right, Healy Selcott said. We were looking at each other, wondering if we were actually hearing this. Okay. Healy Silcott said that she and the team were in shock. They made their way into the locker room, and they resolved to deal with the matter after the game. Quote, says the coach, this has been an incredibly difficult experience for myself and the players. It's not something they should have to face and not something they should ever have heard. It was really a terrible day, but they persevered and were able to play, and I'm really proud of the way we responded as a team. And just FYI, Howard and Delaware State University are the only two historically black colleges with NCAA Division I women's lacrosse teams. Now, from their perspective, the the president of Presbyterian College, President Matthew Vandenberg, he called the incident, quote, an abomination, said that the racist, misogynistic, and hateful behaviors exhibited by these individuals on the day in question have no place anywhere in civilized society, let alone at Presbyterian College. Again, so what I'm saying in a matter of a couple of weeks, we're seeing these kind of things going on, not just at, at a local high school in Rockland County, but also at the collegiate level. So, friends, what in the world is going on? And more importantly, what's the right approach here, not only to drive home the point to students, but also to adults and parents, that we need to be more respectful to opposing athletes? Let's get into this. 877-337-6666. As you can tell, I'm pretty hopped up about this. I just think it's just a, a disgrace. And something has to be done. Something has to be done for accountability and also to be, make this into a real, true teaching moment that has some real, some real bite into it, some real teeth. Let's start our calls this morning. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Jared in Woodlawn. Jared, good morning. You're first up on the fan. Hey, good morning, and thank you, uh, thank you for taking my call, Rick. Um, I'd like to touch base more so on the Coral River incident. Um, yep. As a former player myself in um, high school, uh, 
you know, 13, 14 to 18 year old kids, um, they're almost adults and they should know better. But I think that every single person in that gymnasium, other than free throw shooters who were absorbing this racist taunting, are to blame. Um, I'm very surprised that the game wasn't stopped, that the scorekeeper wouldn't be buzzing the timeout reel, or the referees, um, you know, not calling technicals on this because that's happened in other circumstances. It seems, like you said, that this was a real chance to have a moment to sort of bring both teams together against something that should not be taking place in 2022. Um, Jared, I I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, as as you just said, and I agree with this, somebody somewhere, and this this sort of falls on on the shoulders of the adults uh, at the game. Uh, And again, since these things, these, these taunts were audible, and it happened on three different occasions during the course of the game, Somebody somewhere should have said, either let's stay with the coaches. Uh, if I'm the NIAC coach, I would have gone over right away to the officials and say, wait a minute, we're not going to play our game here. We're, we're just going to pack up and leave if this is going to con- be allowed to continue. But he didn't do that. And I know he was upset about what happened, and, and obviously he was concerned. But the next logical step was for him to have said something to the officials and said, what is going on? To your point, Jared, why didn't the officials say something? I mean, they're, they're watching the game. They're not emotionally involved in the outcome, but they can hear what's going on. They didn't do anything. Uh, and obviously, from the, from the pro- that was going to be... Go ahead. And that was going to be a follow-up question that I had because um, you touched base that obviously the officials are uh, impartial. They work for neither school. Did they have the wherewithal or the language so to speak, in their rule book where they could have stopped the game or they could have issued technicals or were they sort of hamstrung because um, I guess there's nothing in writing when it comes to this type of incident. Well, um, no, they, Do you they, know anything about what they were able to do? It's my, underst- well, it's my understanding that once the game begins, the game, the, the control of the game, goes over immediately to the, the, the officials working the game. They're in charge. They're in command. And they can, if they feel that some parent is out of control, uh, for whatever reason, they have the power to stop the game and, and, and basically point out that, that, that uh, obnoxious parent and have them accompanied out of the gym immediately. The, the referees can stop the game. They can clear the gym of all spectators. They can do what they want. I mean, they, they're the ones who are in charge. Now, again, the refs might say, oh, I wasn't aware or, or whatever, but it, it's, so it's sort of difficult to put this all on them because, after all, uh, they are trying to officiate a game. However, somebody somewhere should have said something. And, and you know, you would have thought that the officials would have worked in the, the game, would have went over to one of the coaches and said, or had, him, had a meeting with the coaches, uh, and said we can't allow this to continue, and that would fall on the resp- that would fall on the shoulders of the Pearl River coach to basically either get up and talk to the uh, address the crowd and say I've been told that this is uh, we're going to stop the game or we're going to clear the gym. This is not the way we conduct ourselves at, at Pearl River High School in terms of being good sports and the way we treat uh, visiting opponents. But again, Jared, it's just, this is inexplicable. Yeah, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And that's, and, and that- and that'll be my final point. The fact that nothing was done um, conveys the idea that it's okay and it should and it's tolerant. 
Um, the fact that there was a town hall meeting where anybody was downplaying something so egregious uh, just goes to show that not doing something at the time has um, sort of put the idea in everyone's mind that it's acceptable and um, it's a shame. Thank you so much for taking my call and for covering this story, Rick. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Jared. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's the last point that Jared made, and I just want to hammer that home because nobody did anything to stop this behavior. There was an implied tacit sense of approval or acceptance that this is fine. This is okay. This is just kids being kids, uh, and we're, we're okay with this. And that's the last that's the last thing you want to get across to, to youngsters who are in high school or middle school. Uh, and again, the fact that this happened earlier, a week or two before, when Pearl River was hosting Suffern High School, suggests that this has been going on. And again, as, as that school board meeting, there were parents who got up and said, this is not a big deal. This is, this is silly. Why are we wasting our time with this? Uh, we have bigger issues to, to worry about uh, when our school district. And that's inexcusable. No, I know you're allowed to have your own personal opinions, but, you know, that's just flat out wrong. You're just missing the big picture of life and where we are in this country, particularly during Black History Month, for goodness sakes. All right, let me, let me take a time out here uh, because I obviously want to get into this. I want to take more of your calls, uh, 877-337-6666. And I also want to offer what I think is at least a suggestion as to how the officials of Pearl River can try to figure this out and make some positive moves and make this into a real positive teaching moment for their students. All right, let me take a time out. I'll come back. Stay with me. We're talking this morning about this very disturbing racial taunting at Pearl River High School uh, and why no one uh, is being held accountable uh, and, and why no one, no adult, at least stood up and tried to stop this nonsense at this game between Pearl River High School and Nyack High School uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I just, after I also mentioned, of course, what happened with the, the women's lacrosse uh, program at Howard University at a game at Presbyterian College, here's something else uh, I want to bring to your attention. Listen to this. Back in 2014, the head boys basketball coach at Mayopac High School quit when his team was playing Mount Vernon High School in the sectional playoffs. And a similar kind of racial taunting occurred after the game, a game that, that Mayopac lost to Mount Vernon. Now, like Pearl River, Mayopac is predominantly all white. Mount Vernon is predominantly black and Hispanic. The Mayopac coach at that time, Kevin Downs, who graduated from Mayopac and happens to be black, was so disgusted and angry about a huge wave of post-game social media bigotry about Mayopac losing to Mount Vernon, he was so upset that when he saw that very little was being done to stop this or to curb this kind of social media outburst, that he decided to quit as the coach. And Downs was quoted this past week in the Journal News as saying, the original Instagram and Twitter messages were painful enough, but I knew I had to leave if I had any sort of self-respect. After the hundreds of likes and shares, and the lack of a quick response from the school and school athletic officials. In other words, as far as Coach Downs was concerned, there was this racist social media outburst signaled for him that it was time to leave the program. And again, this was eight years ago. I also want to throw into the mix here, I mentioned in the first segment about Section 1 and what 
as a governing body seeing all over our public high schools in New York State, what was their reaction? Well, of course, they condemned it. But in terms of handing out any sort of, I don't know, punishment, they said, in effect, that, that uh, they said, well, what we're going to do is this. We're going to take away, remove the home court advantage during the sectional playoffs for Pearl River's uh, basketball teams, both the boys and the girls' teams, and for the ice hockey program. And that's about it. They're going to continue to investigate, and, and apparently they open the door for other things to happen. But, you know, in terms of making a statement, I'm not really quite sure by, by saying, okay, you're not going to have any home field or home court advantage or home ice advantage. You're saying, I'm not sure what the lesson is here or how this has any kind of positive impact. And in fact, they are punishing the varsity athletes at Pearl River they probably weren't involved in, in the racial taunting at, at the boys' basketball game. So how, how does this, is this more of like, is this sort of like taking a, sort of a, I think, sort of a fairly weak stance on this issue, and, and that's it. Okay, 877-337-6666, let's return to our calls. Let's go over to East Orange. Uh, Pat, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, Rick, actually, this, my name is Jack. Jack, I'm Pat. sorry, go ahead. But that's okay, I've been called worse. <laughs> I mean, I've enjoyed listening to your program. And last week, I heard you discussing it, and I and then just happened to turn the radio again, and you were discussing it again. Yeah. And I thought I have to jump in and comment on the comments. And the the issue here, Rick, is that there is no issue. That's why it's being handled the way it is, because they're looking at it as, as if it's nothing, because it doesn't really affect them. It doesn't, it doesn't affect the other school. They're not punishing their student body or, or doing anything. So it, there is no issue. Yes. And with you, you keep talking about it. You're probably the only one talking about it. The fact that it's even okay is, is really sad. But then we have to look back over our recent history. We had a president who thought that it, was, it, was, it made sense to use racial slurs. So now he's opened it up every bigot in America to say whatever they want to say and do whatever they want to do to people, and there's no consequence for it. And kids are only examples of their parents, because the parent we, we always let the parents off the hook with stuff. These are your kids. Yeah, they're teenagers, and yes, you're right. They do dumb things and say stupid things. That is all correct. They also have parents. And well, the consequence sometimes has to fall on the parents to be responsible for what they teach their kids, what they say in front of their kids, and, and the fact that these kids felt that that was okay in a public setting to make racial taunts, even the college that you talked about, the thing, they thought that to have an all-black college come to your school and make racial, just and publicly do it, because yeah, they I, know there's no consequence. Jack, I have to tell you, uh, you really have sort of targeted this, and it's absolutely correct. The, the response is you said that, well, there's not a problem here. There's no issue. Why are people getting so concerned about this? That's what sort of bothers me and obviously bothers you a lot. And, and I, I think that's the issue, that 
we and again, I don't want to make this into, of course, into a political debate. That's not the point here. Uh, but, but the fact is that if you are a parent and you want the best for your youngster, you would think at some point the parents would have said to the kids, "Let me explain to you what, how you have to behave and how to interact in, in a in a society, an American society, which is full of people from different cultures." That's the way it is today. And right. as you said. It suggests that this was a tacit approval by the parents at the game because nobody get up and said anything. It was it was just like, what? Are you kidding me? Uh, and that's that's really really annoying and bothersome and really disconcerting. And it's and it's and it's really not something that it, right now is so normalized to be able to just say anything and to care not care about what you say. Um, I'm an athletic director in New Jersey, and one of the things that one of the statements that is read to all of the teams before the game that any kind of unsportsmanlike conduct in reference to race or sexuality, any of that stuff, and you'll be removed from the game. Yeah. So, so it's it's not like people don't realize that it's an issue because if it was an issue, you wouldn't have to have people make this statement by the officials we made or be read over the public announcer and all of this stuff. But the fact that, just like you said, that nobody's nobody's up in arms about it. You know why? Because nobody's up in arms about it. Because it really is not an issue. Because now it's so normal that it's like, you know, what's the big deal? We we do have bigger problems. But we're going to have bigger problems because we don't address the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is racism. And, and, and racism against anybody. You know, it's, it's, it's not a problem. Just I, I tell people all the time that everybody... Black, white, red, whatever color, whatever race, we all want the same thing. Mm-hmm. We all want our families to kids to have a good education, live in a safe community, you know, be able to grow up and do whatever the desires of their hearts are. That's what we want. That's what all Americans want. And it's not we don't want you. Uh, we have it, but you don't have it. We want everybody to have the same opportunity, and that's it. And the sad part is that our kids growing up in twenty twenty two are dealing with more racism than kids did back in 1963. And it's, it's really sad and it's disheartening. It and, is. And, and as a country, we ought to be really ashamed, but we're, and we're not ashamed. Uh, that's, that's uh, uh, Jack, very, very well said. And I thank you so much for calling in this morning and presenting that perspective. Um, thank you. Um, and again, this is so, as I mentioned right at the outset, this is so so embarrassing and so wrong and so wrong in so many ways that we can't figure this out and and uh i mean look i look you want a suggestion how about i mean we're trying to figure out a way to make this into a teachable moment i mean it would have been perfect if somebody had the courage or the decency at that game to have gotten up and said stop we're not going to allow this to happen at pearl river high school and either we're just going to stop the game. If Nyack High School wants to pack up and go home, we'll give them the forfeit because, after all, we've, we've embarrassed ourselves here at Pearl River High School. If, if, whatever. But do something to show the kids can't do this. This is wrong. So how about this as a suggestion? How about if the, the administration of Pearl River High School put forth a mandatory class for all of its students in its high school and its middle school that they have to attend uh, an hour-long class, a class that will be taught by the local NAACP in Rockland County about racism and how hurtful it is. 
Again, this class would be mandatory. No excuses to, to not go to it. And to make sure that the kids actually pay attention and just don't sit there for an hour and play on their, on their cell phones, there would be a, a, a real test at the end of the class which each student has to pass. And if they don't pass it, they have to repeat the session again. Now, again, I, I, I just think this is something, that's the first thing I would do uh, to at least drive home the point that we're not kidding. We feel, especially because Pearl River is predominantly a white high school, white students, okay, that's the way it is, but that should be even more of a reason to want their educators and administrators and school board to want to educate their white kids about other cultures in America. That's the reality. We lived in a very, you know, a heterogeneous civilization these days in America. And if your kids want to succeed and be happy and productive in American society in the future, they have to understand there are all sorts of people of different cultures and different races in this country. But again, nothing's happened. Nothing's going on. So that's just one suggestion to at least say, here's what we're going to do. All right, let's get back to our calls. Let's go to Danny in Queens. Danny, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, and Rick, good morning, and thank you again. Uh, uh, the one advantage of uh, being older and waking up early in the morning, I get to listen to you. <laughs> so sleep is overrated. Uh, yeah, you know, the truth is the truth. Uh, listen, <clears throat> it all depends where you want to drill down on this uh, issue. Do you want to drill down on the complete ridiculous uh, social divide that we have here, or do you want to drill down on uh, this individually... Uh, point in this subject. The, the, the problem is that people and pretty much everybody operate in fear. They're in fear of being singled out and calling out all the, in this example, all the students, somebody standing up. People sat on their hands and did nothing out of fear because they did not want to be the one to be singled out and be looked at differently than everybody else. It was easier to do nothing as an adult than to try to squell the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the ridiculous uh, outcome that occurred at that time. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's where, quite frankly, uh, you know, you, you need some courage. You need some courage. And somebody has to take that first step forward and say, uh-oh, you know, I realize if I do this, I'm not going to be a very popular person uh, within the Pearl River community. But you know what? Sometimes you gotta take the, you gotta do the right thing. You just gotta say, "The heck with it. This is wrong. This is not what I believe in. I don't, I don't accept this." And if I, I'm just, if I just sit back and do nothing, that's basically making you, as I said earlier, it makes you like you're tacitly approving this action. Uh, that's, that's a real concern, Danny. You know, it, it, it's a significant concern because it's just a microcosm of of what they do outside. That's just that one instance in that court. What do they do? These the same adults, what are their actions on the upside? What do they do in, you know, smaller circles, bigger circles? Not that this is not important, but like something that's more important as far as, far as danger. I mean, if, I, the only way this could have been dangerous is if, the, you know, people started fighting. But there are significant dangerous situations out there that they, again, these same people just sit on their hands and do yeah, nothing. It's, it's Fear, fear. People operate out of fear. Well, I agree. I understand the motivation of people. They do, they normally act what's in their own self-best interest or self-preservation. But this is just, this is just reprehensible and wrong. And, and it's, uh, it's terrible. And again, 
even after the fact, and it's gotten a lot of a, a publicity uh, about what happened there, we're still waiting for some sort of action to take place, some sort of, you know, retribution, some accountability. And, and, and you know, I, I just don't see that happening right now. I mean, I, we had Section 1 said, okay, uh, you know, we're going to have to, uh, for the uh, sectional playoffs, you have now, Pearl River, you forfeited your, your home, you know, court advantage. Okay, but that doesn't teach anything to anybody. It just is like a slap on the wrist. Uh, and it also doesn't really... Uh, do anything because the athletes themselves they weren't involved in this it was the people in the stands oh, what a mess danny thank you for your call all right let me let me take a, a time out obviously i want to get to uh, more calls about this and i want you to think about what i said at least having a mandatory class about racism that every kid in pearl river high school has to attend and pass a test a serious test because we have to if education is the key in this well this is the time to do it teach the kids Teach them what's wrong. Teach them why it's so, so insensitive. Teach them why we don't want to live in, in this kind of culture. 877-337-6666. A couple of quick uh, updates on <clears throat> other developments this past week in amateur sports before we get back to our conversation about Pearl River. Obviously, the Winter Olympics are, are wrapping up, uh, and because of the global outrage of how the Russian figure skating coaches treated that poor 15-year-old female skater, Valieva, who fell and did so poorly in her last routine, there's now a growing sense that the mandatory age for athletes to compete in those events should be 17. Now, I have to tell you, personally, I have no issue with that. An extra couple of years of maturity can only help these kids in terms of dealing with expectations and monumental pressures. And if that rule does pass, then the question will be, well, of course, how does the International Olympic Committee, how do they inspect birth certificates to make sure they are, in fact, accurate? That's another concern down the road. But that being said, making 17 the baseline to compete makes sense. Yeah, I know that some of the, the very best skaters and gymnasts, that many of them reached their peak before they reached the age of 17. But in terms of preserving a sense of mental health, I think pushing the age to 17 is a reasonably good idea. We'll see what happens in the weeks to come. And, of course, here's our weekly update on Leah Thomas, the University of Pennsylvania swimmer. Well, she's now an Ivy League champion. Thomas, transgender woman, as you know, she won the 500-yard freestyle, freestyle uh, competition at the Ivy League at Harvard's Blodgett Pool. She also won the 200-yard freestyle on Friday. And she won the 100-yard freestyle on Saturday. Setting, these are all records uh, for that particular pool. So basically, she had a clean sweep in terms of the Ivy League championships. Now, I assume, but I don't know, that she'll be able to compete in the NCAA Nationals, which take place in a few weeks. We'll have to wait and see if Leah is allowed to swim. But clearly, she made a huge statement this past weekend by winning the 100, 200, and 500-yard freestyle events over the weekend. And again, we'll have to see what happens to the NCAA because, quite frankly, as you know, there's been so much confusion and back and forth on this transgender issue, whether she's allowed to compete. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. Now, we're getting back to Pearl River. Let me tell you a quick story, which I don't really share very often, but perhaps I should. In my first year of minor league baseball, I was playing in Anderson, South Carolina. And early in the season, I was a second baseman. 
We're playing an away game in Greenwood, South Carolina, which is way back in the Piedmont. Backwoods, if you will. I'm playing second. My good friend and teammate Hal Underwood is playing shortstop. Hal is from, from Detroit. He happens to be black. And never forget, we were told as we got into the ballpark and we're getting ready and dressing in the clubhouse, we were told that the game was going to be postponed for an hour, not due to weather, but because the local Ku Klux Klan was going to have a cross-burning uh, in the in the facilities. You know, we played at the, the ballpark was in a, in a giant um, community uh, recreational center. But since the KKK was going to have a cross-burning uh, in that area, we were going to have to post, post back the game for an hour. And I, I, it's, it's, I'll never forget this because, yeah, there are a bunch of guys in trucks uh, all clad out in their white KKK gowns with the pointy hats and the slits for eyes, and they brought our big cross, and they burned it, you know, and there were a lot of people there. And I'm looking at Hal, and he's black, and he's from Detroit, and we're looking at each other saying, how can this be? And I made my mind, I don't want to live in the kind of country where this is allowed. Now, again, that was a long time ago, 1973 in Greenwood, South Carolina, but it sure as heck happened. And it convinced me that we, I just I can't allow this kind of stuff. I don't want to be part of this kind of nonsense. And fortunately, for the most part, we've made tremendous progress since then. But it, we still see it. Apparently, it still happens. And again, this thing with Pearl River really bothers me. It re and again, from the phone calls this morning, it bothers a lot of you as well. So what are we going to do to make this into a teachable moment? Let's continue with our calls. Let's go to, uh, to Jack Smithlin over in Fairlawn. Jack, good morning. I'm curious to get your thoughts about this as a longtime coach and educator. Well, Rick, you know, it's, it's, it's such a sad world we're living in right now. It's kind of sick, to tell you the truth. But, you know, you talked about educating these people. You know what they should do? The education should go be they, – they should have to sit down and watch the movie The Express. And, and 42 with Jackie Robinson, the Express was about Ernie Davis on how when he received his most valuable, um, bowl game trophy, he couldn't even go to the, to the, um, restaurant or the, um, the hotel that was presenting it because he was black. Right. You know, I mean, we, we live in a sick world. You know, we have the, you know, we, we had the murder in, you know, um, Aubrey, um, I can't remember the last name. And it's sad that I can't. I think it was uh, it was Ahmad Aubrey right. in Georgia that was right. gunned down by three men like an animal because he was black. You know, I'm telling you, when I was when I was an educator, and I'll always be an educator, but when I was an educator, a teacher, for a while there, we were it was mandatory that we gave courses on bullying, and any you know, telling a kid to shut up in the hall had to be written up as a bully act. Yep. And one of the things that we taught was that are you going to be an innocent bystander or are you going to step in and and present yourself as somebody that either supports the bully or doesn't support the bully? And we always thought about stepping up and confronting the bully. Now, I'm not talking about physical, but things like that could always turn into physical. You know, and, and it saddens me to... To know that we don't even teach this stuff in our in our classes anymore. We don't teach about what it well, means to be a bully, and 
you know, Jack, a lot, I mean, the bullying stuff obviously has gone through and has become, as you said, sort of mandated now that every teacher has to report bullying and teachers are supposed to educate the kids about why you can't do this. But a lot of this has to do, of course, as, as we've discussed, with the parents. And the parents don't seem to be teaching, you know, tolerance or acceptance, uh, you know, to, to their, their youngsters. And that's why we see going like in this constant cycle uh, of we, these racial taunts. And as again, as we saw with this, 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 the, the follow-through, the follow-up in Pearl River, a number of parents went to the school board meeting and said, we don't see this as being a problem. What's the big deal? And that, that itself know? is brutal. I mean, that's very disturbing. I don't, I don't want to say this, but for, you know, things like this turn into ugly situations. They turn in. Here's my question. Was the parent of the shooter at the game? How could you allow, if they were, how could you allow anybody to ever do that to a black person and your, your own child? I mean, I, how <laughs> could you not step up? How can people sit in the stands and ignore the fact that we have racists and bigots well, in our country? Jack, it, let me just say this. I mean, I, it, it's, it is a... And I hear what you're saying, uh, but I do think that uh, the concern here is that, you know, you want to basically nip this in the bud and educate kids. Education, of course, is the answer. Uh, and you hope and pray that this stuff uh, is curtailed so it doesn't, you know, eventually explode into something more more uh, dramatic and more uh, more criminal and so on and so forth. And, Jack, thank you for the call. Let me get some other calls in here as well. But, yeah, this is what we're talking about here. This is how you try to get away from from situations of racial taunting. Let's move on. Let's go to uh, James in, in North Arlington. James, good morning. You're on the fan. Well, th thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm a little confused because in New Jersey, at the high school and next level, we have a very strict code of conduct that is followed in all the schools, obviously, of both rec and high school programs. So in New York State, they don't have these code of conduct either by a town or this town or school district or at the state level. It sounds like they have no policy because I heard you mention about the refs and the coaches. So it, it's pretty unclear in comparison to the James, I, I'm afraid you're, you're breaking up, but I, I hear you about this. And, yeah, of course, there are codes of conduct uh, in, in not only just New Jersey, but certainly in New York State and pretty much all states in, in, in the nation. Um, and that's why I'm asking, okay, uh, and I'm sure there are conversations going on uh, at Pearl River. I don't know that for a fact, be, uh, although they say that uh, they are being transparent. But I'm sure the superintendent, I'm sure the, the school board, I'm sure the athletic director are all talking to the coaches and so on and so forth. But the question is, I'm still waiting, as are many people, as to what's going to happen. What is going to happen here? Why, why has not there been – they've addressed it. They had a school board meeting about this, open to the public, but nobody from Pearl River has said anything about who's going to be held accountable. Are we going to try to figure out a way to teach this? There's been some discussion about, you know, some of the Pearl River students going over to some sort of NAACP meeting at NIAC, but that seems kind of, you know, sort of like, a, you know, sort of half-hearted. We're talking about actually having a class, students being taught uh, by 
you know, somebody from the NAACP, you know, a very reputable organization, to just understand what this is all about and why this racial taunting was hurtful and what one needs to do and understand the history and where we've been. As I mentioned, you know, this is something that is all about education. It's all about standing up, being courageous, doing the right thing. But again, we're, it's just like, this is, this is like bizarre. I mean, you look at the calendar, as I said, it's the year 2022, and yet nothing is happening. It's just very unsettling, very disturbing that this is occurring. Let's, uh, let's, go, to, uh, let's go up to Rhode Island. Joe is standing by. Joe, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Great, great show there, Rick. I just have a couple of comments. Yeah. My, uh, my son officiates various levels, and my daughter. I used to officiate. I can't deal with it anymore. The coaches are out of control. Everybody thinks they're Duke University. The one incident that my son was involved in, the other official did exactly what people are saying. Why didn't the officials step in? Let's be real. Who's got the officials back? They went, and it was taunted, but it was the same color kids that were taunting the other color kids from the other teams. And so he went to the table, the other official, and told him, said, we got to get someone over there. It's not going to continue. The head coach down the stretch of the game, because it was a tight game, and the athletic director of the school started saying, oh, if they focus more on the game than the crowd, they would have got the call right. These are the people <laughs> that are educating. Hey, and I go to the games, and my wife and I are there and everything, and we're watching these games, and this is happening, baseball and everything, on the rec levels and everything. Where are these directors? Where are the heads of these schools? They're worse than the kids. And let me tell you something about the teaching. You've got a curriculum to teach. No teacher, why do you think people are dropping out of teaching? Because you're putting it all in the teachers to teach. How about the people that are supposed to be smart enough that get paid the big bucks, get there and say, this is acceptable, but we're going to win a championship, little Johnny. During one of the games my son was refereeing, you're not supposed to use the N-word. My son teed up the kid for using the N-word. You know what the coach said? And that's the way they talk to them. What are you going to tech my kids up? Give me a break. You either want that done or not. These are well, people running sports. Joe, this is this is unfortunately, and I hear what you're saying. I mean, you mentioned like your son, you know, teeing up a, a player for using the N-word, and in the coach is not instead of the coach being, oh my gosh, that's disgraceful, and and I'm going to have to sit the kid out and and punish him and so on and so forth. Nah, that's the way it is. I mean, I mean, really, what is wrong with us? Uh, I, I, it's just. Oh, it's it's just unbelievable, Joe. Thanks for the for chiming in. And and you know, I one of the things about sports, and I think this is something we all sort of agree on. If we're competitive and we've been athletes or coaches, it's all about meritocracy. That is, it's supposed to be that the best athlete wins, and it makes no difference what color they are, what religion they are, their background, their culture, or economic status. If they are better than you, and they defeat you or your team on an even level playing field, well, that's the way sports are supposed to be. And there's, there's, there's no reason for racial taunting or trying to uh, put down an opponent or anybody else. That's Sports is all about equality. And that's one of the great shining moments about sports. That, yeah, depending what makes no difference where you come from, but if you win... You win. And, you know, if you can't deal with that, 
then perhaps you shouldn't be involved in sports or you know, be involved as a coach or anything else. It's not about putting down other athletes or opponents. It's about trying to win. And at the end of the day, this is why you see top professional athletes at the end of a close game, they go over and they congratulate their opponents. They don't get involved with, you know, uh, you know, what race they are or who color or that kind of stuff. They don't. That's not involved. Great athletes, top athletes, respect their opponents because they've worked hard and, and they want to win. So why can't those same values be taught to our kids in high school? And why when those lessons, when that teachable moment is right there and it was at Pearl River, it just nobody grasped it. Nobody seemed to have the courage to want to say, you know what, this is wrong. This is wrong, and, and I'm not going to allow it. Even worse is the follow-up is that, you know, most of the parents there apparently said, well, this is fine. This is the way it should be. There's nothing wrong about this. There's, no, there's, some, there's nothing racial about this. These kids making monkey and ape sounds Why a black player is at the free throw line. Yeah, well, how come they weren't making those sounds when a white opposing player was shooting free throws? Isn't that I mean, how do you explain that? How do you rationalize that? How do you explain that or justify that kind of behavior to your kids? So when these kind of things happen, and I just, as I said, I just feel personally compelled because I'm offended by it. This is just wrong. And again, we've always thought that, at least in the world of sports, this sort of insular, bubble-protected world we all go out, we all know the rules, we all go out and play, we all work hard. It makes no difference, again, what our background or our race or our creed or anything else is. This is what it's all about, the best win. And yet, somehow, sports is just so full of this, we thought we'd made progress since the days of Jackie Robinson. It was a long time ago, but apparently we just haven't. And again, I'll be curious to see what kind of accountability takes place in Pearl River or what kind of teachable moment or lessons they come up with. Something has to be done. It's as simple as that. Okay, that's it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks, as always, to Ed Arzuman. Please stick around for Mark Malusis. He is up next. I'll see you next Sunday at 8 a.m. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.